0: Be more productive. Be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Sam's First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing.
1: Hello, everyone. Andrew Taylor here. We have Sean Mike with us for the Saturday morning Q&A. A
0: little more aggressively, Andrew. Not a big smile on your face either. It's just like... You're ready to go into battle. You're like... (laughs) I'll
1: work work on it. like, let's hit him first. (laughs)
0: All
1: right. First question. Um, What is the biggest mistake you think you've made that has hindered the company from already issuing a billion dollars? Oh,
0: God. Who asked that? That's a good question. Colton Dewar. Good question, Colton. Didn't he ask me this already in the meeting we had? Um, Man, there's so many mistakes I made. But... uh, And I mean that, so I'm trying to think. I think that early on, I didn't see how big it would get. And I think I stunted the growth for a number of years. I I think I was saying a billion dollars. So along the way, I didn't embrace internet leads fast enough. I didn't. Like, I I didn't. I didn't embrace them fast enough. Once I knew we needed them, I embraced it, But I didn't embrace it fast enough. Um, I didn't embrace... The social media push, like I was fine with it, but I didn't. I didn't lead it. I should say I didn't lead the charge. Like people came in and started killing on social media. I was like, oh man, that's a great idea. Like um, virtual sales, I didn't embrace that. You know, Andrew's like, do we have to do this? And I, I always, it's a balance, Colton. Right, like you want to keep the the company writing really good business, very compliant, a very compliant industry and you want people to do well for their families, right? So you have, you have this balancing act, right, where you're like, okay, we're doing really well. I was never afraid of growth. We're doing really well, and, but we're also doing all things we're supposed to do for the carriers and for compliance standpoint. And then you have these new ideas, and I think I didn't do a good enough job. I was listening. I was allowing you to, whomever it was, a lot of you, allowing you to go, we should do this, but I wasn't receptive as fast as I should have been. Um, so, Colton, probably all of the above. I mean, you know, when when COVID hit and the whole world changed, I mean, my background, paper apps, face-to-face kind of deal, uh, hybrid approach is the best approach. Doing all of the above is the best approach, no doubt about it. Find out which one you, you do better at. I think you still should do all of them anyway. You're making phone calls if you're going out and at home, and, and you can book some or sell some over the phone, rather. I'm totally down with that. But probably just not being open. IT, You know, when people are talking about, when you guys are like, man, the CRM, and I'm like, whatever. And I wasn't like, whatever, like, I don't care. But it was like, dude, let's just go sell insurance. Let's go help families. Let's go protect families. And I think probably Colton, probably just about a year ago, I had this like, you know what? I'm going to start seeking out information from people. I need help for, I mean, a lot of help for us to get to a billion and above as a company and I'm going to listen to people that are doing well. Whatever ideas they have, I'm going to listen. It doesn't mean we're going to make changes, but I'm going to listen. If there's somebody doing well at the company, I'm going to listen to what they're saying. <laughs> and let's change our business. You know, Andrew used plenty of things that you've, you know, you were, and I would we would have these discussions, and I would go, all right, yeah, but we're doing this and this and this, and I want the quality to be bad, but we're doing that. And I think for me, it's had I not listened to people like you and multiple other people around that are doing really well, we wouldn't even be heading mm-hmm. in that direction. Yeah. So so many things, Colt, and I think the, that that's the thing for a lot of us is knowing where we went wrong and how to fix it. So when I would look back and go, man, I wish I had braced that earlier, then I'd go, what's the solution to that? And the solution was like, dude, just be more open and listen to people. You know, We were trying to stay alive at the beginning, and I think some of you in your business too, even if they're your ideas, I do think... You know, I, I, a guy I respect very much, who's a mentor of mine, and very well. Um, I said, man, I wish I had had all this capital the first two, three, four years. And I never forget, he looked at me a year and a half ago, and he said, what would you have done with it? And I was like, well, you know, and he's like, no, I, I don't, would you have known what to do with it six years ago? You might not have. You might have gotten all this capital. You might have prematurely gotten it, spent it on God knows what, and not allowed the company to grow the way you wanted to grow. So I, I think um, early on, when you're trying to stay alive and you're fighting for your life, you know, kind of the new idea. The new idea department should be closed at times. Like you, yeah. Well, there's a point where it's just out of control. Correct. It's not a new idea. It's actually just a complaint. Well, that was always my thing. We, we, I wish I had. I said, if you have a solution. I'll listen. Yes. But if you don't have a solution, you're complaining. Yes. Like if you go, this isn't working well, what solution? I don't have a solution. Okay, got it. But if you go, man, Sean, this isn't working well, let me tell you what I think we could do. I learned to everybody that approached it that way, that had a solution, they were doing well at the company, I learned to listen to them. Yeah. And then I learned to implement faster. You know, so I'm very aggressive. And that was part of my deal. Like I'm so overly aggressive. And I'm like, I don't want to, you know, have that over aggressiveness screw things up.
1: So speaking of that, virtual,
0: yep. what has that done for people, and what, it, what does oh, the man. future look like? Um, well, first of all, I didn't realize how many people were out there already doing it, to be honest. Like I, 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 and I don't mean just a fan first; so I mean all over the place. And my deal wasn't like, you're prohibited from doing it. We just weren't promoting the heck out of it, you know what I mean? And then when I started asking people, they're like, dude, my bunch of are already doing it. And then I'm like, all right, let's track their quality we start tracking the quality. And I'm like, wow, it's, I mean, it's good. Like, it, But quality you can't track until you get like a year into it. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with this business. You know, like you'll get groups that pop up and they disappear in a year and a half because they hit a year. And you realize they didn't really have a business model. It's just a bunch of guys and girls like throwing some stuff up against the wall and see what's stuck. And that, then they just can't, the, the insurance carriers won't stay in business with them. So we had enough data which I didn't know how much we had after a year. I'm like, hey, Mark, how many you got? He's like, here's my list of people selling virtually. Yeah. Like, wow. Hey, Andrew, here's my list of people selling virtually. You know, hey, hey, Zach, here's my list of people selling virtually. So we were able to kind of go through it and go, man, their quality is pretty much the same as it was when we were in the home. So it's allowed, Andrew, um, people that, like for me, if you take back, if you go back to 2008, you know, my license, had I had that opportunity to do that, there were times that I just, had to do stuff where I couldn't be in those appointments. I would have made, I would have had another six, seven, eight families a week. Yeah, like I know I would have. I yeah. still would have been out of the home, but I would have done that. So recently, like what really hit
1: me is how many more people we can impact because you can have a somebody that has, let's say, a health issue. Mm-hmm. They can't leave their house or they can't travel to run appointments. They can plug in and help people on Zoom or a single mom that maybe a couple hours a day she can make a sale Mm -hmm. or help a family. Um, Whatever that is, But uh, and I know you've been big on this, but all of the CRM, uh, the investment and the goal and the changes that FFL's making with all the tech is around making it more Mm user-friendly so somebody can, spend more time they can just plug in and connect to customers correct but that's where we're going but it, it is for a cool reason mm-hmm. it's not just oh let's just do virtual sales it's just to help that many more people
0: well i you know, example this week i never thought about us have a, a guy who sells in the home all the time and so he ever does you know he's not he's been with us nine months you know he he wasn't in the greatest financial position when he found us so he's in his words gotten back on track his car breaks down and you know it's down for four days like he's got the money to repair it and that's what he did he went and he helped i think he helped eight or nine families in three days over the phone and he's like i just immediately was like i had no choice and now because i had no choice like i've taught myself to do it that's the other thing too i think is you know i can remember back many times there were certain parts of the country where like something would happen right it'd be a terrible storm storm in new england for four days there'd be floods in Louisiana, there be Houston. There was so many things that happened where the people's business just got shut down because they couldn't get anywhere, you know. And now I'm like, you know, you think about that, and people are so poised to help people. And in those situations, people are home because they can't go anywhere either. So, and what are they doing? Thinking about something they need. They're home, you know, and they're probably they're home with their families. So they're thinking about that. So, I really think that, um, you know, Andrew, it it's it's allowed us to have the diversity we need to in sales approach. And I think the struggle has been, for some people, they went, again, if you ask me what's the best way to start off a new agent, it depends. Now, do I think you will you'll you should learn to communicate with people face-to-face? Yeah, if that's what you're going to do. But if mm-hmm. you go, hey, I'm never going to do that, then don't do it. I just don't think we should ever be saying only do it this way. I, like, I don't like that. I, 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 I just don't either. like it. I don't. Yeah. I, I think, when I, however, even if your team is 80% face-to-face, 80% virtual, I don't think we should, or 90%, you should never make anybody feel like, they're less things. not doing it the way you do it. Yeah. You know? 100%. Um, I,
1: I think back to, like, if I were to get in the field, what my strategy would be. And it would be, I'm going to get leads that I can drive to, and I can try to do a virtual sale. And if I can't, I can go see them. Mm-hmm. And I could still go door knock them, and
0: I can still resolve every single lead. I, I think that's one thing I will say that's happened is we do less door knocking, and I think door knocking is great. It and the is. more I go to meetings and hear people talk about it, I was in a meeting recently in, um, I think it was Houston, with one of Eric and Ron's guys, I believe, who's doing, you know, helping 30, 40 families a month. He's like, I don't even call them anymore. I just door knock them. And I think that human interaction, when you have the ability to it's do magical. it, it's magical and we're missing it. So you're like, would you rather me keep calling them or go door knock? Them? I go door knocking. And that's what we did. We, we went door. I just think it's harder to say it's hard to say no to somebody that went out of their way, came to your house, no appointment, knocked on the door. I was like, I got this. You filled it out, and I think everybody should be exposed to all of them as well. Just that way, if you're, when you're when you're hiring people or recruiting people, rather. Sorry, when you're recruiting people, um, if I recruit you, Andrew, and I've never done it, doesn't mean I need to do you know, be a Hall of Fame producer in every single virtual and in But if I've never done it at that level or I haven't done it at all. It's hard for me to have a discussion with you about it.
1: So you you um remember the sales training you gave me where you said you just went to a house and the husband was painting and he was stirring the paint with a with a spoon and, and he was eating his cereal with it. <laughs> and yeah. then he ate I'll his cereal with that. it and all you said was all right, how much how much coverage do you guys need because he eats paint.
0: It's true. <laughs> and there's no question on the app that says Mike Sizer was me for that appointment. I never really took people out in the field back then. It was just we we're just trying to stay alive. And Mike wanted to go with me, swim so for a full day. And that was like our ninth. I met with nine families, helped nine families, protected them all. And he was like our second to last one. My man was just, he'd take the paint. And I don't even know, that's a lot of work, too, because the paint out of the can, it's like, I don't even know why he was he was stirring it with this. And he didn't even, he, I'll tell you what, I was very impressed, because he didn't take the spoon and wipe it with anything. No paper towel. What? No, no, no. He would stir it. Yes, Mike, he would stir the paint. And I think he thought the milk, I don't know. And he put it in, and I was like, First time I saw it, I'm like, I didn't see that right. So I just kept talking to his wife. And he was in his little kitchen. And finally, I, I I looked again. I'm like, no, he's eating. The, and he wasn't like dumping the cereal. He's like, like, just take the paint down with the milk. Like, no big deal. And I'm like, is that edible paint? Like, is there edible paint? Like, what do you? And that's what I just said to him. And then she was like, I know, right? And I'm like, let's get some life insurance. no question on the application if you eat paint. because I have looked at these apps. There's no, you can eat as much paint as you want, I guess. I don't know what to tell you. And and it just and and you gotta make light of it and have fun too. I think, and you can't take yourself that overly serious. I just don't think you can. I think you really have to put yourself in the position where, um, you know, you know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, and I think that's a that's a big part of it as well. And I think that when somebody's eating paint, you should call them out on it because it's a little bit weird, you know. And, and but it just shows how simple the sale is. Dude, it just, wasn't. Let's beings. go through all this stuff. It was. Let's get him covered. He, he eats paint. Two plus two is four. <laughs> like i don't, guess he's, I don't remember there being death claim on the that guy. So he's probably gonna live a long time. Maybe it's gonna, may, maybe it's gonna make him live to he's 104. I don't know, but you know, I think that it's uh, my very first client. He says, I, I don't know if he. I mean, very first ever, Stafford Springs, Connecticut. He told me he'd been struck by lightning twice. He's drinking a Peels light at like nine, ten o'clock in the morning, smoking a. Uh, camel unfiltered cigarette, you know, sit on his front deck in his little apartment. And he's like, I definitely need to get that life insurance. And I was like, yeah, you do. And he's like, I've been struck by lightning twice. You got his neighbor come over from the apartment. Neighbor told me the story. And I was like, well, we have to get life insurance. No question on the application about you getting struck by lightning. So things happen in threes. Let's get it, you know, and just, he's alive. First one 14 years ago. I was like every year, I'm like, dude, that guy's still alive. Like, that's pretty crazy. But, you know, and I think, Andrew, that's. The conversation about life and death is really that simple. I think that's where we struggle. It, mm-hmm. it's it is that simple. We we literally we all know that we're gonna need the product, but people get uncomfortable talking about it. And 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 I both mean agent and client. And that's your job is to kind of just say minimize it, but just like, dude, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like this is gonna happen. So let's let's just go figure it out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's big.
1: All right, next question. How to best discourage agents to rediscover their initial excitement for FFL?
0: How to best how to best
1: get discourage agents to rediscover their excitement for FFL? Well, oh, that's a good question.
0: That is a good question. Who asked that? Uh, Alex Peraza. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I can tell you that new people always get people excited. I know that for a fact. So if you're recruiting, the best thing for me because it can become monotonous. The thing that always kept me excited is if you care about other people's results, and you're watching them, and you have new people, and you got a shot, you know, you have somebody new to work with, I think it it really will keep you excited. Um, and I think part of it has to be, I'm a big fan of trying to figure out what, like, what actually excites you. You know, do you enjoy this? Do You enjoy helping families. If you stay busy, see, i I've, I've just seen, I don't see many people that work hard that are discouraged or depressed. I just don't. I, I'm, I don't need to, but I'm just telling you. You tend to work hard. You don't have time. No time. And and the mind's a powerful thing, good and bad. Give yourself time to sit around. So you stay busy always. On purpose. Hell yeah, dude. Have I, you ever not stayed busy? Not really. And and I mean, busy. How did you learn this? I mean, first of all, dude, you we got one shot here. Like I'm going to ride this mother effort till the wheels fall off. Like, I'm not going to, you know, I was reading somebody's post something the other day. I'm like, they have been saying that forever? Said, you know, I sleep four hours a day. Why would you sleep eight hours a day? You sleep a third of your life away. I'm like, they have been saying that? Like, who would want to do that? So for me, I'm like, why would I not want to make use of every single minute I'm awake? Like, why would I not? Like, what would be the rationale? And that could be working for nine hours, going to a game, get up 4.30, going to the gym, hiking the kids for two hours to basketball, staying busy doing that, got that all day long get back, go to work. Like, why would you, you know, and again, I, I when I was, you know, social worker, you know, I've go out and meet with people and they'd be like, I have these issues. I'm like, your biggest issue is you have nothing to do. You have literally nothing to do. Give anybody who any human being, nothing to do and watch them crumble. You have no significance in life. So a lot of the agents you're talking about in that question, most likely are, they're not busy or they're busy for a day and that doesn't go well and they retreat. You also got to teach people not to retreat. See, the thing for me was I never thought I was going to win every battle every day, but I was never retreating. So I was never taking a step backwards. It was never going to happen in my life. No matter what happened, I was never going the other way. We were charging, no matter what. I think that's, that's thankfully like, when you play football and you're coaching like like that, you know, I never remember. I never forget my linebackers coach just saying like, you're never, you, you play linebacker, it's, it's either lateral or forward. Like, you're not back and, you're a middle line, you ain't back and pass coverage, lateral forward, like, it's a running play, you can never go backwards, never take a step backwards. And for me, that's how I try to approach everything. So if somebody
1: was dealing with depression or, or um, being discouraged in any way, would, you, would your advice be to go to work?
0: Here's the problem. When you don't feel like you have a purpose, you start thinking too much and it's easy to get depressed because you don't feel like you have a purpose. Right? But if you're busy, you can't think too much. You can't think too much and you're going to feel validated in some way, shape, or form. And a lot of people want to seek their validation from everybody else. Like, dude, why don't you seek it? And I've learned to do this seek it from how hard you work here and the things you do. Um, you know, again, I'm not preaching to anybody, but I mean, it's still the only book I'll read every day. I mean, other people ask me to read stuff and I'm like, dude, I'm re- you know, is the book. And I'm just, when you start to have that purpose, see the difference you're making in people's lives. So I think you remind them what they're working, how hard they're working when they started. Talk about some of the discouragements they had along the way. And here's the problem, the two choices. We can either perseverate about the things that didn't go right, and we can, we can talk about them as much as you want. Or, I mean, I'm not going to, you can talk about as much as you want. Or we can go, that sucked, that sucked, and that sucked too. Let's go to work. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, and, and, and again, the problem is a day becomes a month, a month becomes a year, bro. How long do you want to be discouraged about this stuff? Like, I don't know. You want to spend, how much of your life do you want to spend, you know, whining and complaining about it? And then it's compounding. Well, it's hard to get out of it. Yeah. Then you just throw up the white flag and then you become more of a martyr. Like, yeah. I'm not going to change and hear the reasons why. I'm too deep, I'm too far in. I can't do it. And I don't do well when people are like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm like, dude, you've already convinced yourself. Like, you tell me I can't five times. I'm not going to try to argue with you that you can. You've already convinced yourself you can't. What do you want me to do about it?
1: Yeah, that's huge, man. Um, last question. As an agency owner, what should leading
0: from the front mean to you? You know, helping 30, 40 families a month every month. So you get to integrity. I know some people just, guy the other day said to somebody, <laughs> this guy I was talking to me, he goes, well, have you talked to Sean, he goes, oh, well, I'll talk to Sean. Sean just wanted me to go help families and recruit agents. And the guy's like, yeah, that's what we do here. Like, you know, like he, he wants this massive team and wants to put in no work. That doesn't work here. I'm telling you. And by the way, just so you know, a lot of the agents that join us, they join us that are already contracted, like licensed. They do that because they work at a company that is like that. They're tired of the guy or girl that overrides them, who does nothing. Taking pictures at the lake. Taking pictures of all the new stuff they bought with their override, not working. And them or their spouse is like, this is BS. Why do they get to do all that? I don't get to do nothing. Leading from the front for me starts with you being out in the field. I know some of you just, and and we keep watching. You keep watching people leading. I mean, let's take the people that are growing the fastest in the company lately. They're all in the field crushing it. And their agencies are exploding. And then they're getting to Integrity Court. We have some, they're just like, I'm not. And I think what freaked me out, and I mean freaked me out, I mean that. I thought, all right, you know what? I don't get it because I've never not helped families. I hated to come out of the field after I felt was open for a few months. And the attorneys like, do you got to come out of the field? We were just too busy with all the stuff we had going on litigiously. But I'm like, now that we have virtual, see, I can you know you make an excuse i'm giving my leads to the people local to me the, the, there's some i could you know i'm doing this with my family i'm taking care of the kids i can't get there's out no excuse there's no excuse all of it's gone so you're literally just i'm and i'm not above anything real leaders aren't above anything they do their own work carry their own stuff Pick up Get up, the up trash. early, yeah, dude. But but some of, some people we work with have decided. I'm bet I'm above that. I'm not doing that, and and I think that's sad because leading from the front means you have the resources to help impact other people, and the capital is what will give you the resources. But a lot of you don't have the capital because you don't help enough families every month. You have enough families to live on, and then the people then you. The problem for you is the greatest gift I ever had building a business, Andrew, was I didn't need you to sell anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. That's I loved what you, you. Taught me right away. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. I want you to be a great person. I want you to do well. But if you don't, don't sell, you. I don't need you. There's no part of me that needs you. And you need to understand that. I want you to do well. I'm here for you. I'll help you if you hit a bad spot. I'm, But I don't need you. I can go sell and pay my bills. I can, Yeah, I can go help 100 families a month. Easy. My eyes closed. Like, that's what I could do. That's what I did. Can you do it? I don't know. You, you go work hard. But, you know, you can see what you can do as far as how many families you can protect a month. I knew what I could do. I didn't like whatever you did. You did, but I, I'm pulling for. It. I'm not pulling against you. But I never wanted to give you that kind of control over me financially. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, their managers, they give that control up because they're not doing to generate their own cash flow, and then they're frustrated because it is their cash flow. And the person knows they're frustrated. And the person, after a while, goes, "He's just frustrated because I'm trying to." He wants me to make him money. Oh boy! And then it's like it's just a downward yeah. spiral from there. That's cool.
1: All right, man. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. See you guys.